everyone. everyone. We're here today to create a safe space for anyone to speak on abstract, controversial, and intriguing topics. I'm Tiffany. I'm Jonathan. And we, we are, are Deep, Deep Thought, Thought Therapy. Therapy. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. It's uh, been a while. It has. has. <laughs> a lot of a lot of stuff has been happening going on. As you know, as you already know, and as people that listen to our our episodes already know, it's just been chaos. Yes. So well, that's what we're going to basically talk about this time is well the chaos that we've kind of both been living aside from COVID. COVID's just kind of like the 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 cherry on top of everything <laughs> right oh yeah. my goodness so um i just want to say our introduction and uh, this is deep thought therapy and a safe place for anyone to speak on abstract controversial and intriguing topics we are deep thought therapy and we want others to be invited as guests on this podcast so if you feel like you want to join you have something to say you want you want to instantly have um, a, a, a reasonable audience to speak about a particular topic that's been on your mind for 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 a long time and you just want want somebody to, to talk to about it and have it kind of be um, out in the open we are more than happy to host you um, we definitely want people to be a part of our podcast this is deep thought therapy um so tiffany I think I'm going to let you go first because my, as you know, my stuff is a little bit, has a potential to be intensive. And even though your stuff is, is very intensive as well, I just, I think, I just, in my heart and soul, I think that you should go first. <laughs> Still there with me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm on the same page with you. So, shoot, the last conversation we had was talking about moving being the key to perseverance. And mm-hmm. definitely was the key to perseverance. I was in a living situation that was real toxic for what I needed to like just be in for my daily life. And mm-hmm. I ended up reaching my breaking point and moved out and moved into my friend's house. And then I was under so much stress that my gallbladder tried to rupture on me. So I'm sorry. Having problems with that. And it's okay. Outside of not taking time for myself to recover, it really wasn't that bad of a surgery. Mm -hmm. But then I chose chaos one day, like four or five days after having my gallbladder removed and took a tab of acid, which I don't recommend that. In hindsight, it was horrible for me because it sent me into a psychosis for a month. And oh, man. Yeah, I um, I ended up house thinking that I was breaking a curse from 101 years ago that was put on my family, which there is a family curse. I'm not wrong about that. But I was at my friend's house and I started to freak out thinking that I was breaking this curse. And I made friends with this kid who was going to be raised up to be a hunter. And he made friends with a minority, essentially, before he understood the difference of the two. And he was like, you did it. You won the game. And so my thought process was to go down to the river to pray. I went down to the river to pray. And then I felt like I was being followed. So I went upstream and called upon Capricorn to protect me. And long story short, I found Idaho's, Washington's version of the Underground Railroad, followed stepping stones along the water, like, like wow. my ancestors' footprints, pretended the ground was, was lava and had a walking stick comfort me. And then I managed, uh, this was like a two or three hour journey. And then I found this house, went down to the, fo- the first fo- like the first floor and asked them to let me in. No one answered. Then I went up to the second floor, asked them to let me in. No one answered. So I got up to the third floor, knocked on the window, and my grandmother, who I've never met before, answers the door. And she's like, who are you? <laughs> and I told her that I was Sacagawea, that my name was Tiffany, and I broke the family curse. And she was like, okay, well, what are you holding? And I said, my rod and my staff. And I gave her my phone, which was my rod. 
And she was like, and that's your staff? And I was like, yeah. And it was my walking stick that I had found on the journey. And then she asked me, she was like, well, do you want me to call the cops? Like, you know, you're trespassing, right? And I was like, yeah, I know I'm trespassing. But what I forgot to mention is that um, leading up to her house, I had jumped in the Spokane River at like 20 degrees. So I was completely cut. I was borderline hypothermia at that point in time. And so I told her I needed protection and for her to not call the cops. So she calls the cops, but they're the good kind of cops. And then Mm -hmm. they're like, well, where can you go that's safe? And I was like, my sister's. And so my my friend, who's not actually my sister, comes and picks me up, takes me back to her house. And I'm in such a psychosis and like talking all crazy talk that she convinced Mm -hmm. me that a psych ward was a safe place to go for me to calm down and everything, which at the point in time, I didn't disagree with her. So then she Mm -hmm. takes me to a psych ward, or no, no, that's not what happened. So then I get back to her house, and I still didn't feel safe, so I ran next door, and the next door woman helped protect me. Mm -hmm. She came, made sure everything was clear, and I still didn't feel safe. So then I ran outside in the pitch dark, pitch black dark, uh, and I found these two cats with jade green eyes and they were meowing at me, basically insinuating that they wanted me to follow them. So I followed them out into the road and then they both stop and they just stare at me. And so then I turned around and I saw a streetlight. And so I ran out into the streetlight and I had the cops come pick me up yet again and take me to the hospital. And at that point, I voluntarily checked myself into the psych ward for three days and then tried to leave on the fourth day. But then at that point, the doctor started to call me crazy and incapable of making decisions for myself and everything like that. So they involuntarily held me for 11 days. And during that 11 day time frame, I met like tons of people who uh, were physically presenting themselves as a different person, but spiritually were people like who I knew in the real world or like from my family. And Mm. it was absolutely crazy. Long story short. Um, on the 11th day, I had to go in front of a judge and the judge took all of three minutes conversation with me before he just dismissed it all and was like, this girl is clearly capable of making decisions for herself. She clearly has PTSD. And I officially got that diagnosis now. And <laughs> then I got out of the hospital and randomly decided to pack up everything and drive down to Texas. And so now I've been in Texas for like a week and... It's it's just been crazy. That's that's been my life in a nutshell the last two or three months. That is a trip, <laughs> to say the least. Yes, just lit- literally a trip. Though. <laughs> yeah, two thousand miles later, and oh my gosh, a, a surgery later, and a, a, yeah, I don't even know. Don't don't do psychedelics after you just had a surgery. We, oh. those of you who have listened to this podcast, know that I've always been an advocate for psychedelics. Not when your body is healing from a minor major surgery. Your brain can't <laughs> handle it. And it put me in a psychosis that lasted a month and a half. And I'm just now starting to come out of it. And I, yeah, it's it's been gnarly. Learn from those that have experienced. <laughs> like I said, advocate for psycho- psychedelics, but not when you've just had a surgery. Right. Your body needs to heal because I essentially almost fried my brain. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's something that I'm kind of used to, kind of hearing a little bit of crazy talk, because my, my dad, while he was still alive, mm-hmm. rest in peace, but um, he he would have these episodes of bipolar manic depression, and he would start talking to, talking about things like he's a prophet, or he, he's the a son of perdition, or, or, you know, some really high, right. high-end title of some sort, and... I was always like, okay, dad, calm down. <laughs> but, and he would, he would, he would have really, really um, intense fits of sorts where he would start hitting things. He would never hurt any, anyone, mm-hmm. but he was always very aggressive when he was in that stage. Right. And it just, when you started talking about, you know, Sacagawea and Capricorn and those things, it, it kind of brought that back to me right? a little bit. But at the same time, there is, I feel like there is some truth to being able to feel certain right. presences, especially when you're under psychedelics. I've never experienced psychedelics myself, but I think I have enough, enough uh, self-awareness and um, empathy to understand that that still is a very real thing yeah um, and it's it's weird because like 
I know myself as Tiffany. Oh, and and also what you didn't know is uh, since going through the psych ward, I also came up with a new alias. My name's now Raven. So I refer mm-hmm. to myself. I, I saw that. As on Facebook. Raven. <laughs> Sorry, I think I think I lost you. Didn't, and messed up the recording. No. You're good. Uh, Say that last part again. <laughs> no. So I'm going to get my Tiffany Nicole Raven and Raven will be the alias that I go by. And I, it's just, you know, the thing that I learned the most about being in that psychosis is that Mm -hmm. the way I identified myself before, whether I like to admit it or not, I was very manipulative, vindictive, controlling, and there's a lot of negative traits associated with the name Tiffany in, in myself and mm-hmm. since going through that psychosis and the people who I spoke to in the psych ward, like they all had the same consensus. And it's like when, when you get out of there, like you kind of want to rebrand yourself because you've, you've come to terms with the dark sides of you. And now mm-hmm. like this is like a new name that's coming forth and a new personality and a new way of, of showing yourself in the light, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Call me crazy, but I've always said expect the unexpected. And who are you to sit here and define what reality is? Because for me, all the things that I've been through in life are absolutely crazy and out of this world. And it's it's normal to me. And to other people, when they experience craziness, like they don't understand how to handle it. And then for, for me, like a normal life that you might go through is beyond what I can possibly imagine because I've been stuck in survival mode for so long. And mm-hmm. I might not have been Sacagawea, but I'm pretty certain Sacagawea is in my bloodline. And the native religion that I was brought up in, they believe in reincarnation. And they believe, like, that spirit will keep getting passed down the family tree until somebody finally taps into that energy and allows them to, to speak up for themselves or be a voice for themselves. And I feel like, well... You know, I never needed to walk the Oregon Trail of Tears, or it was really the Spokane Centennial Trail, but, like, maybe I didn't need to do that in my present life, but spiritually, I definitely need to go on that shaman walk and, and Mm -hmm. show myself that I could, that I was capable of wandering lost in the woods and finding my way out of it, while also jumping in the Spokane River, not once, but twice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you know the, the, the thought process that that was going through your head at that time to be like okay yeah. i'm gonna jump in here yeah i do so the first time it was still daylight out and it was warm and and mm-hmm. i i thought that uh, you know like the song as i went down to the river to pray from a brother art thou like the part of that movie he still he talks about how all his sins been washed away and he's a he's a free man now and so i went down to the river to to literally pray and mm-hmm. I played music that I was like my Nako bear and medicine for the people. There's a song mm-hmm. called Aloha Keakua. And I played that song and like, I felt real comfortable and I was like, okay, you know, I think I need to get in the water and, and essentially wash my sins away. So I got in the water and it was fine. I mean, it was freezing, mm-hmm. but it was fine. And then I didn't feel like I was safe where I was at. So I started to go up, up the Spokane river And I found these three little rocks that were stacked up into a pyramid. And I was like, oh, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. Okay. So I sit down and across the water, there was somebody taking taking photos of me. And I was like, that's really weird. And I don't feel very comfortable. So I started drawing a circle of protection around me over and over and over again. And the person was still taking photos of me. And I was just like, you know, I'm getting like some weird gut feeling that I shouldn't be here any longer. And so I got up and I kept going up. I, I started following the, the river up, up the river instead of down the river. And I found this little rabbit and I was just like, oh, cute. I'm going to follow this little bunny through the woods now. And I continued to follow this rabbit. Well, <laughs> about an hour or two into the trip, I found that rabbit with its heart ripped out and it was still warm. And the blood that was out coming out of it was still warm. And it broke my heart to see like, this, this rabbit dead and so the only thing I could think of was, was the rabbit sacrificed itself for me and so I picked it up and I put it off the path a little bit and I covered it up and I blessed the spirit and thanked it for its sacrifice whatever and then went mm-hmm. about my journey well now it was about three hours into the trek and the sun was going down and with my zodiac signs like I'm a Leo by moon and by day 
And so I'm a predator no matter what. And I present myself as water. And so water is what keeps me calm. So that's why I called upon the Capricorn spirit because they're like the seahorse and mm-hmm. and they're my protector in native religion anyways. And so it was getting dark and that's where I start to not feel safe and, and, and where I start to feel like I'm being hunted or hunted or spiritually attacked or whatever. And so I kept calling upon the water horse to protect me. And at some point my intuition was just like, you need to get in the water because something is following your scent. And so, you know, 10 o'clock at night, 20 degrees, I jumped in the Spokane river and my thought process initially was that I needed to cross the river but the water was going mm. so fast that I couldn't cross. And so I got knocked back about 10 feet. And then my intuition told me that it was safe to get out of the water and that I'm fine now. And so I just, I followed what my gut was telling me to do. And then I found, I found these stepping stones that were huge, like easily three or four feet across. And I used those mm. to navigate me along up the riverbed. And then I don't know where my intuition was like, okay, well, you can get on the trail now. And so I got on the trail and I came to a house that lit up and it was like, this is where you're supposed to be. Like X marks the spot. And so I hopped the fence and the woman was like, you realize you're trespassing, right? Yeah, I'm aware. But I also mm-hmm. jumped in the Spokane River, not once, but twice. And I'm freezing right now. Right. <laughs> so she gives me a, she gave me a bottle of water and she told the cops that I was holding a bottle of wine. So that was interesting, but what the yeah, heck? So <laughs> I was, the kind, I, I turned water into wine essentially. If, if you f- figure out that riddle and yeah. what really happened is that I started pissing off all the elites because I'm kind of like Robin hood in a sense. I was born in hood mm-hmm. County and I'm from the ghetto and I'm very, very, um, frugal I guess is the word I'm looking for I really don't care about money and I like to make sure that the people around me who are or who are less fortunate than me are are provided with things that they like and stuff and so when I got my stimulus I went through the family tree of people that I care about who I knew didn't have money yet and I ended up giving them not like a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars or whatever not because I wanted bragging Mm -hmm. rights or anything but because they were they were less fortunate than me and I wanted them to feel something and that's mm-hmm. what the Bible calls us to do. You know, Jesus hung out with the, 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 the tax frauds and the sinners and everything. And so I learned through this experience that the native way they're taught to, to do as I say, not as I do. And the religious side of people, they're usually taught do as I do, not as I say. And my mom mm-hmm. taught me to read between the lines. And I realized during that walk that you got to walk the walk and talk the talk. You can't just be a hypocrite and you can't be all talk because mm-hmm. otherwise your actions don't mean shit and your words don't mean shit. So, I agree. <laughs> so it was just this massive yep. spiritual journey that I had to go through. But mm-hmm. to anybody who didn't know me personally, they thought that I was going absolutely batshit crazy. And now I'm in mm-hmm. Texas where if you really know me, that's the pit of hell for me. And I, to rise above the pit of hell and, and make this like a paradise because in mm-hmm. reality heaven's just a state of mind so is paradise nirvana it's it's a state of mind and it, it's what you make it and you can't let the outside elements control how you go about your daily life mm-hmm. yeah, yeah in a nutshell i mean craziest I, i've got to write a book about this someday but the craziest journey i've ever been through and it's allowed me to grow so much within myself and recognize that I'm not the nicest person that I thought I was and and that there's still plenty of opportunities for me to humble myself. Well, yeah, of course. Nobody's perfect and we all even even the nicest of nicest person right. needs to either learn something or even learn how to be nicer than they are. Like it's 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 there's so much dynamics to life. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to put a cap on it, but there's two things that I want to mention based off of what you were saying yeah. earlier, but, you know, a, a little bit ago, you were mentioning something about names and how, you know, you referring to your, your new self as, as Raven, right. And having that, that newfound per, personnel person, right. right. Um, for me, I kind of, I kind of resonate with that on an, in an opposite sense though. Like I almost, I don't like putting labels on people so much so that I almost don't like, 
calling people by their names. Oh, I can totally relate to that. Does that make no, sense? That does make sense. I love. I love giving people nicknames instead, like Papa Bear or Goldilocks or Sleeping Beauty, mm-hmm. because I feel like there's something that comes out of my my psyche that I give them a name type exactly. thing. Does that make sense? That, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then also, I think it's interesting that you called upon the spirit of Capricorn, aka the seahorse, based off of what, what you said there. And I'm my my zodiac sign is Capricorn, and now we're talking. <laughs> the reason why I called upon the Capricorn is because my mom used to always say, "Well, okay." So I was obsessed with the movie Spirit growing up. And that's the, the stallion mm-hmm. of Shamron and the Indian where he rescues him, blah, blah, blah. If you haven't seen it, it's a great movie. Um, my mom was obsessed with it. And to my knowledge, my mom was like the spirit that couldn't be broken no matter how many times people abused her, raped her, treated her like dog crap, whatever. She was the spirit that couldn't be broken. And my mom used to always say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And so my comeback's always been, well, then fine. I want the fucking seahorse. Give me the seahorse. And <laughs> so I know just through the experiences I've had in life, that Capricorn has always been a protector for me, always watched over me and made sure I was okay. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. I I just think it's interesting how it correlates that, I, that that's my Zodiac is what, like, you know yeah it, it's just there's a little bit of a connection there so um but that that just in 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 within itself i feel like was a, a almost a required but yet it was a very insightful journey for you and also it may not have been something that you necessarily wanted yeah. at the time you just more or less just wanted to experience a little bit of you know psychedelic you know events but it got so much to the point where you went through that journey and I don't think that that journey was precedent. I don't think that you you could have predicted no, that. No, I really couldn't have. I don't I don't realistically, I thought I was just cuz I've been told riddles my whole life and I've watched movies my whole life and everyone's always mm-hmm. told me to read the subliminal messages. They, yeah, the metaphors. Yeah, figure and all out that, yeah. how to read the the metaphors and the subliminal messages and and what everyone's been trying to present to you without just flat out saying it and mm-hmm. by doing that i realized that i'm kind of like snow white with my seven dwarves and i'm kind of like robin hood and i can kind of be like maleficent if i really tap into that evil side of me or the misunderstood side of me i should say um and i could mm-hmm. be like goldilocks with my three bears and trying to figure out who's the right boyfriend to settle down with long term and and I could be like Cinderella who's looking for her Prince Charming who is waiting for the clock to strike midnight. So that way she, you know, gets back to the castle and leaves her shoe behind. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of fit all of those roles in hindsight without even paying attention. In an experience. Yeah. In an experience. uh, Experience. Right. Not, not that I actually think I'm those people. (laughs) Right. Or or that you, that you consider yourself a princess, if you will. Like, in an, in an extent, I think any princess, any actual princess, doesn't really consider them as exactly. a princess. So, and I think it's interesting that I say that because what I just thought of is in, in my line of work, um, we we basically output um, Disney products, and one one of the conversations I remember having with one of one of my work buddies is that when they work worked on Frozen, yeah. The, uh, the the frozen what what what's the main character's Elsa. name in frozen elsa elsa doesn't ref- like to be referred as right. a princess she's a queen but even yeah. then or a queen they know she did she just what she, she's just elsa right sister of anna you know it's it's not really she doesn't really like the title but um anywho so anything else you want to cover on your side that's all i wrote (laughs) as far as you know what i was thinking of when you were saying all that because again most of it just brings me back to the experiences i I had with my father but at the same time i want to make sure that you know that i didn't i don't see that as crazy in a sense like i like i I want you to make sure i want to make sure that you know that i don't that that I am basically just hearing you and and validating your experience in my Aww. head versus 
just labeling it as crazy. Yeah, I do appreciate the validation. I mean, I don't think that I'm yeah. crazy. I, I honestly, like, everything that I went through, it was to the point that I had black and white cars following me and protecting me. The cops were protecting me. I had red and blue cars mm-hmm. fighting over me. I had purple, orange, and green cars that were that were safe. I knew I, I could trust them. I had people randomly flagging me down on the side of the road trying to get me to follow after them. And, like, even here mm. in Texas, there's still, like, sometimes I feel like I'm being watched. But I just have to yeah. remind myself that I got too far up into the clouds with the psychosis. And I have to, like, bring myself back down. Mm-hmm. Because the yeah. reality is you really don't know anything about how the universe works. And when you start to think that you do, the universe shows you that you're completely wrong. And, right. And, and, you know, we could be interpreting something in a certain way. That doesn't mean it was intended to be interpreted that way. And so I really, I think, I think it was cool for me to go through that whole experience because it allowed me to see a Mm -hmm. different side of me that I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And I was able to confirm my PTSD I was able to get my PTSD diagnosis confirmed. So any long-term disability benefits that I'm trying to receive, like it'll be that much easier for me to get them. And it's allowed me Mm -hmm. to really focus on myself and not be so stressed out because I was going, 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 going. And I even got COVID and was still going. I had my surgery and I was still like the very next day moving around, like nothing ever happened and trying to take care of everybody else's problem. And mm-hmm. more than anything, it's really showed me that you really can't be a support with somebody else if you don't have your own shit together. And this has just allowed me to focus on getting my shit together for once instead of being so worried about everybody. Right. Well, there's, there's life is kind of a balance, isn't it? Still there with me? Sorry. Okay. You're good. I'm just trying to figure out if he's like <laughs> cutting out of the recording while my screen goes black, and I'm trying to figure out how to how to not have it do that. You're good. You're good. So, to, to, while you're doing that, I think we'll switch gears to myself if you're you're okay with that. With that? Okay, sounds good. And you can still hear me even though your screen goes black. Yeah, I can hear you. You just can't hear me whenever it does it. Got it. Okay. Sounds good. Um, So what I will start with is is just more or less just an overall preface. I've I've had the last few months of my my life as as far as in a depressive extent. extent. Um, My dad passed away in September. I know I talked about that before um, and that kind of, and, and of course COVID that those kind of contributed right. together. And then um, I've just overall just been very unhappy with my relationship with my mm-hmm. now ex. And, and I know that Tiffany and I have talked privately about, about the ideas of, you know, me not being able to express myself, me not being able to do the things that I'd like to do, for example, painting my, my fingernails black, me um, getting more tattoos or piercings, like it's just, it's overall just has been a very suppressive relationship. It's very, very controlling on, on her end, on my ex's end. And all I wanted to do was make sure that everybody was comfortable. And I just decided at one point after you know she started really putting the hammer down on me getting upset and she basically said hey so i told you that this was going to happen if you got upset again and since you aren't going to look for help and you don't seem to really care that you this that this keeps happening we're just gonna um did you sign in again on yes. the thing? <laughs> hold on okay um since you are okay we got it fixed you're good um since you are simply not not looking for help or not wanting to change i decided we're going to move to tennessee and you can decide whether you want to come with and live in a separate house or you can move to utah to spend life with your family 
because I initially said that I wanted to move to Utah because of my dad's passing. And I just wanted to be able to spend a few years with my family right. after the fact. But she didn't really care about that. She she honestly, I don't think she even really cared about my dad That's passing terrible. in general. I mean, she did she did visit the mm-hmm. the funeral and she was respect respectful there. But as soon as we all came home from the funeral and we started, you know, reminiscing um basically just looking at old paraphernalia mm-hmm. of my dad's stuff and you know, she just really wasn't interested. Like she is almost like she didn't even want to be there. And, you know, certain events happened that my, my family saw and they're like, you know, you, my, especially my sister, she's like, you really deserve better. You don't, I don't, I, I understand you that you guys have kids, but your kids need to see that you can, you, you need, need to know what a good relationship right. looks like. So you need to figure out what you need to do. And I'm not going to push you. I'm not going to say that you need to do this now or else, but at the same time, you need to realize how detriment it is that you're not happy in right. this relationship right now. And I'm like, okay. In the back of my head, I'm like, well, how am I going to do this? It's so, it's so daunting and kind of scary. And I, I don't want to do that to my, my, my three-year-old. Um, I have two daughters to also include, um, one is my biological daughter. She's three years old. I I basically helped raise her. Um, I as she was an infant, I woke up next to her, and you know it was a very intimate relationship. Um, but as far as my eight year old, we've um, she's not my biological daughter. I came into the picture when she was four, and and you know we've had still a very special relationship because unfortunately her mother doesn't really love her right. the way that I do. So she, as soon as she started feeling love in a different way, she really gravitated right. towards me in that, in that, you know, for that. And I, and that's another reason why I kind of feel bad for, for what happened. I just generally, I just wanted to do what was best for me and for my children in long, in the long term. I know this right now is, it definitely is not a good situation, but at the same time, I know that as long as I stay in the picture and, you know, fight to be able to be with them on a more consistent basis. I feel like that this, my choice was a good choice. And I'll get into that choice here in a second too. So as she had threatened to take, basically take my, my kids to Tennessee and basically say, you can either live in a separate house down in Tennessee, or you can live in Utah, basically essentially tearing me away from my children. I decided, okay, bet I'm going to go actually get legal paperwork, even though we had talked prior you know, in the beginning of our relationship, basically about, about Myra and the fact that if, if I'm going to bring you into this, you need to trust me that you're not, you, you, you need to promise me that you're not going to go into any legal extent as far as our situation, because I've dealt with the courts before and right. I don't want to deal with it. I'm like, and then I, I basically agree to it. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I don't think we'll get to that point. But then we had Iris, it got more complicated. And then she threatened to take the kids to Tennessee and that I feel like that was my only choice and able for me to stay right. in my girls lives so I ended up doing that things got real heated on the day that I served like I almost fainted when I served her and I think I said this in the last episode too like I was super distraught like I my hands were going numb I was my my palms were sweaty oh. feet to m M&M. and um, but I just I couldn't, I couldn't, I almost couldn't handle it. Like I, I literally was on the edge of just breaking down. And, and as soon as my, my attorney walked up to that door and served my, and served my now ex with papers that it was, it was the, the highest extent of, of my nervousness, but also the, the point where it started to come down because then I knew it was delivered and there's nothing that I could really change about it. And we're just going to have to, take it one step at a time now and um so that happened um my ex i'm not going to say her name because i want to pay respects but um her name i mean my ex and her sister both started basically i mean her sister especially started yelling at me because like she's she's basically like like I forget what exactly she said, but it was along the lines of, of what are right. you going to do? Like, what, what, like, get your, figure your stuff out, get your stuff together. It's almost like, like she felt like I was incompetent 
and didn't know why I was even doing this for myself in the first place. So she's like, figure your stuff out. Like I, like I hadn't already figured my stuff out. And the, and the fact that it wasn't me, oh. it was Kayla. I'm sorry, Kayla, that's her name. I guess I'll let it out, but that's fine. Um, but I just, I, I, I speak about her so much and I, I talk to my attorney, to my mom, to my family about her. And it's just, it just kind of came out and that's, again, that's okay. That's not a big deal. Um, but so after, after that time I, I served her, things got really awkward. She started rearranging things the next day. Basically um, her sister was living in my old office room and we had bought her a bed. It wasn't a, a nice bed by any means, but it was, it was a workable bed, but she was basically sleeping in there and she was using my dad, my dad's TV to kind of, you know, entertain herself from, you know, well, I, I don't know that she even really needed it, but it was there. I wanted to be nice and let her use it. Um, but basically she, um, my ex switched my position in the bedroom out oh, with her boy. sister. So now her sister is sleeping with her. And I'm sleeping by myself and I was able to sleep maybe on one hand, I can count how many times I was able to sleep in the girl's bedroom with the girls and just be able to, or not even sleep, but be able to just say good night and be able to stay up while Iris was, was getting to sleep. Like most of the time she was very hesitant to even allow me to be in the girl's room. At one point she even said, I, I don't think it's appropriate for you to sleep in the or for you to be in the girls' room alone because of your wow. gender. So it got real petty, real stupid, and I, all I was trying to do was just take it one step at a time. I did not want to be petty. I did not want to be ridiculous. I did not want to do anything that was right. unwarranted. You know, and that's all I got from the other side. Even to the extent of when I when I finally got a new place and I'm and I was about to move out, I went over there to move my stuff out and put it into my new place, she wouldn't let my mother come help me move. So I literally had, we had to call the police. They literally just standed guard to make sure everything was, was okay. And at the point, and I even told the the officers that I, I pay rent here. But even to that extent, they still had, had my mom wait outside and I had to move everything by myself. That's terrible. That's really abusive too. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I mean, it is what it is, but it was really ridiculous. So that happened. And now that I'm into this place, I mean, initially, I I just I've just been really, really depressed. I've been really trying to hold back my tears. I get watery eyed every now and then now. But back, you know, back a few weeks ago, every time I would go to drop off Iris, um, my my three year old to back to back to the house. I literally would would ball my eyes out on the drive home. Like I was not That's in a good really place amazing. at all. Like I was very depressed and very sad that I wasn't able to be around my children as right. often as I used to be. Yeah. I can so kind of relate. Was, no, you're good. I can kind sorry. of relate to that pain because the whole time that I was in that psych ward for those 15 days, all I could think about were the like four or five different kids that I take on adventures and like what they're probably thinking about and even now like being down in texas it breaks my heart to not be with those kids so i can empathize with you and understand how you're going through but one Mm -hmm. thing i did want to mention um is you can't feel bad for what happened because you're choosing healthy boundaries for yourself so even though it was hard to go through it's going to mean more to your kids to see you choose something healthy for yourself than the pain of separating with from your you know from their mom and everything yeah, and that's something when they get older, I can explain to them too. And that's basically what my family has said too. They're like, you, like I, we know that you're going through a lot. It'll right. eventually be okay because my brother kind of went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. He he has kids. There's a lot of them, <laughs> and he he had a he had a situation where he had mm-hmm. to pull away from. Um, it's funny his his wife he had to divorce his wife and pull away from the children. And the reason why they got divorced is because apparently his wife declared oh. that she was a lesbian. It's like what? Okay. 
So um, anyway, it's not that I have nothing against lesbians, but the fact that she was in a straight marriage and then decided, hey, I'm, I'm lesbian now. So no, I'm not going to do yeah, this anymore. Yeah, it's kind of hard to break up with somebody like, over, but you know, maybe it was just her time to shine. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I'm, not, I'm not here to judge, but um, anyway, so um, to return back to the original um, path that I was, you know, I have a little bullet bullet list here. Um, I now only get to see them every other weekend. I, I try to see them every weekend, but it seems that like nowadays, every other weekend, my my ex, she she almost tries to build an excuse for me not to see my oh. my three year old on another on an off That's weekend. Terrible. So now I only get to see like this weekend I was supposed to see her and now I'm not. I was supposed to have picked her up like like two hours ago and because I'm I'm receiving resistance i'm i I didn't because i don't want i don't want to be the person to seem like i'm being pushy Mm -hmm. or that i'm that i'm not being cooperative or i'm not or i'm being aggressive i want to make sure that it's it's very it's more or less passive but but i want to make sure that i also um, express that i do want time with my children so it's kind of a weird balance but in anyway so so you said right. that you're you're handling this through the courts and everything, mm. and so for your custody yeah. battle, I mean, do you have it set up to where one week you get the girls and the next week she gets the girls? I mean, we're trying to <clears throat> have it as balanced as possible. I have this phlegm in my throat that will not go away. I'm sorry. Um, but basically, um, we both are going to end up presenting uh, a, 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 a jury a, a, a a judicial officer um, of what right. we would like. They're going to hear our sides as far as what p- potential detriment there would be to a certain situation. Hopefully I don't I can't, I can't speak to how, how right. judges and judicial officers handle their stuff, but um, we do have a plan that, that a, a parenting plan right. that we're going to present and say that we would like this because of X, Y, and Z reasons. She's going to do the same, and then the judge is going to decide. But right, but right now we have a <clears throat> from the last notice I received, we have a hearing on uh-huh. on I believe it's the fourteenth next Wednesday, and um, it's for a for a temporary order. And then we're going to have another hearing where where we get right. something a little bit more permanent. But it's a good thing you filed because um, but... Washington usually sides more with a male if they file first compared to if they don't. Right. And that was a big concern of mine, too. We were worried that she had some plans to file as well, but it right. didn't end up being the case, which is good. But I also, in a sense of where my mind is or being considering perspective and right. pulling my brain back to before everything happened, I still kind of feel bad because for doing that first without and also finding out that she didn't have plans to do that. It kind of yeah, hurts me but, a little bit, but again, you're choosing healthy boundaries is. for yourself. So ultimately, it was a smart and strategic right. way to bring the courts involved and 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 the the judge and, and the, the mix because from knowing you, you've always you've always felt like you needed a mediator in the situation from the be- very beginning, anyways. So now you have a legal mediator, mm-hmm. and so at least at least it takes some of the yeah. responsibility out of your hands. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when it comes to uh, parental law, I would have had to have an attorney anyways. I wouldn't be able to like right. represent myself or whatever. But um, I, I, but still, it's kind of a double-edged sword in a sense that definitely having a, a mediator yeah. and really getting reassurance that yeah. what, what I'm doing is the right thing. And even from outside parties that, that have um, been consistently a part of my life the, the the kids lives and and my ex's life you know certain individuals have said yeah. that what you're doing is right you know and it really reassures me that what that that my decision right. was a good decision you know so i don't at all i mean my it's, it's kind of brain racking because <clears throat> as you can probably imagine 
I struggle with myself going, was it right? right. Even though I have reassurance, like, and I, I even wrote a Facebook post about the idea that I like this, this pain is so much to a point where I almost would consider still being in a quote unquote abusive relationship just so that I could spend time with my yeah, children. But what like, I've been learning the last couple of weeks is that patience really is a virtue and ultimately being patient mm-hmm. with yourself and with these kids is going to reward you so much more than if you just took 10 steps backwards and, and gave in to what you were having before. Cause once it's all done, it's said mm-hmm. done and over with, then then you'll have something set in place by the courts and you'll, you'll have a sense of stability again and you'll have a chance to breathe and feel like Jonathan again. And ultimately that's really what you're missing. It's just, the life that you knew the stability that you had that's with it being all uncertain now i mean sure you're missing more than that but like that's that's what you're lacking is what i should say well yeah definitely lacking but what i'm you know as far as you know the word that you mentioned missing it kind of just sparked me uh, i wanted to kind of explain the the relationship because I, I made a video independently a long time ago about about the relationship between or I guess the, the difference between someone that's single right. and isn't a parent versus someone that is and, and someone that turns from a single individual into a parent and that's it's 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 kind of a full winded yeah. thing and we could probably bring another parent in and talk more about that in yeah, a, in a, on totally. a, you know for another episode but um more or less, I just wanted to outline the fact or the, just, just the feeling or what it feels like to have a connection with someone as special as your biological right. son or daughter, you know, and, and it's, it's so special to, and it's almost un, un, unreal how much of a connection you end up having with them. It, it's, it's hard to explain. It's like, so if, if I were to try to explain it, it would be or at least explain the missing feeling that I'm ha- that I'm having it's like you having a great relationship with someone them breaking up with you times i would say probably times about about 5 like it's because it's and it's not right. it's not that they don't want you it's that they literally just can't be I can understand you. that how that feels honestly because my mom she actually took me away from my 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 dad growing up and he was like my pops my old man and i remember he and i were mm-hmm. absolutely inseparable like i barely remember my mom being a part of my life for the first 6 years i mean i remember like she'd take me to like to the river and we'd go swimming a lot but outside of that mm-hmm. like i really wasn't around my mom i was around my brothers and my dad and mm-hmm. when she took me away from him when I was like six turning seven, it absolutely broke my heart. And that's kind of what started all the trauma that I have now. But it was because my mom wouldn't explain to me why. And I later found out why is because right. they were meth addicts and my mom didn't want CPS getting called. Mm. And she thought that's yeah. a hard thing to try and, she and admit what she to was doing was best for me but what she didn't realize is that it was it was traumatizing me and then she, and then on top of it she wouldn't explain things to me so hopefully at least for your your oldest daughter hopefully you guys are keeping her in the loop and trying to explain things in a way that she understands no not really i mean honestly her my ex her mom is almost to if not fully but at least slightly manipulating her daughter basically i mean what one thing that i can tell you is when i ended up serving her or serving my ex um uh she basically told um the myra the eight-year-old um that either i can that she can decide or or that that I that she doesn't have to call me dad anymore. Oh, she can call terrible. me Jonathan. And that poor girl. That After poor four girl. years, you, if you I know? was in your shoes, the next time you do have her, if she does start asking questions, I would 
I would try to answer those questions in a way that you might be able to comprehend. No, I, I, yeah. I, that's my intention oh, is I want to educate them as much good. as I can, as soon as they can, as soon as they can realize it. You know, my three-year-old is a little bit still in the, I'm, I'm right. still a baby type um, behavior. So I can't really right. explain that to her. But um, with, with Myra, she's very, she, she, she can understand me to a certain extent, <clears throat> but there's still going to be some things that she's not going to get until later, but at least I can tell her that. And, right. and then she can, she can if it makes you feel any better. Own. I mean, in, in the slightest bit, just off of that impression that I got the first seven years of my life, when I turned 18, I tracked down my pops. And ever since then, like, yeah. we don't have the relationship I know he'd want, but the moment I call him, it's like nothing ever happened. Mm. And he's just like, whoa, hello there, my baby girl. How are you doing today? And just as happy as a lark to hear from And me. that's, that is exactly the kind of feeling I would have if I <laughs> yeah. ever heard from my, It's funny. You know. he'll, he'll be all serious, yeah. like, hello, who's this? And then he hears my voice and instantly it's like a switch changes. And it's like, I made his yeah. whole life. His baby girl checked in with him yep. and told him what was going on for and and I'll I'll be honest, you did. I mean, you you make his whole day, week, month, as long as that that high lasts. You you know it, it, when you contact him, it, it at least from my experience, mm-hmm. you you literally set a set off a fire in his in his soul yeah. that lasts for a long time. So you just. And that's something that you should do. You're more right. Often, I think, You're right. If I'm you actually can, been but... thinking about that as you were telling me. I was just like, well, shoot, I called him almost every day that I was in the psych ward, and now I've been out <laughs> for like a week, and I haven't called nobody. <laughs> yeah, you should you should give him a call at least because I mean, when you're away from someone that you know yeah. is very very special to you, and they don't end up calling, it's like, right? It's okay, like. The, there's an understanding that comes with that like you know they have their lives etc cetera, etc cetera. it's okay right but at the same time when that event occurs it again it's like it's like a fire being set off in in someone's soul and it and You're it right. really helps out their their just their well-being in general so i definitely think you should do that you should make it a goal yeah, to do that pretty often so oh my screen went black i don't know if you can hear me oh Oh, cool. Yeah, that's yep, definitely something you. that I'm, I'm trying to make more of a goal is I realize that in the real world, I get so wrapped up in how, how I feel and how, what I want to do and what's bothering me and how people aren't respecting me mm-hmm. that I, for, I lose sight of the other people who are my real genuine support systems who care and want to be there for me. So it's, it's going to be my next mm-hmm. goal for this next month is to make sure that I check in with my family members at least once a, once a week. Yep. Good, good. That's good. Um. Anyway, so that's yeah. that's what's been going on with me, and that's what's been Seems going hard, on with you. But, and you know, patience is a virtue, and ultimately, you're doing things better for yourself that are going to make you a stronger man in the end. And I think, I think blessings are coming your way. Mm-hmm. And I think while it was hard to go through all of this, it's been really important for you, and I'm glad you finally took the initiative yourself mm-hmm. to, to stand up for yourself. And I'm proud of you for that choice because mm-hmm. it's about damn time. John I appreciate that. First. I've, I've known you for four years, <laughs> four and a half years now. No, three years, but yeah, yeah I've known you for three, three. years. Yeah. Now, that sounds and, about right. Yep. And the fact that I got to be the first person to come over there and paint your nails black, like that's so cool. Like I'm proud of you and I yeah. look forward to what else you get to do with your life now that you're starting to take control of it. Yep, it's it's gonna be hard because even now, like I have a project that I've been working on for years, and I haven't touched that product that that, that project since I since I I oh, served yeah. my my now ex. Like it's just my emotions really have been taking a hold, and I I've been doing other things though to kind of try and right. push myself back into it. But I'm just trying to listen to my myself, yeah. my you know my body and and figure out what what exactly because i know we talked about that before how you slept for weeks like you know months. for a long time for weeks and yeah so and in a, you know in that same respect like i just need to i need to listen to what my body is telling me and figure out where to go in right. creating motivation for myself and i think me doing other things that make me 
that give me enthusiasm or that that give me you know motivation um and that just generally make me happy for doing like i feel like i just need to do that until i eventually feel better and then also focusing on the small things that's what brings me the most joy like waking up and going outside and hearing the birds chirping and and just smelling fresh air like that's enough to remind me that i'm blessed regardless of how hard my struggles are Mm. and i think that's good like not to take away from what you just said and i i i i I definitely consider what you mentioned but there's a big but here what what i have and what you have in regards to relationships especially in regards to children is different so i with me being separated from my children when i just i'll tell you what what goes through my head when i just sit there and listen to birds chirp it reminds me of times where i have gone to the park i have had easter egg hunts i've had um halloween um trick-or-treating with my girls so anything that puts me into a place of more or less a trigger of me thinking of my children when they're not there really throws me into a dark place and i i try to be careful with that because i don't want to just keep continuing to push myself further down into the darkness i want i'm trying to continuously bring myself out of it and be used to just right. having that be part of my psyche without having to it revisit does. it every I wish day. I had does that advice. make sense i have not been able to go through that myself uh, i mean i i can relate just because mm-hmm. of the kids that i've helped raise i know they weren't my physical offspring but i just mm-hmm. just because they're not blood related to me does not mean that they're not my my kids that's for sure um and right yeah i mean but there's a there's a regularity that comes with your your actual children you yeah you literally spend time with them day in and day out for for years and that's that i think that's the biggest difference that myself but in the meantime we're definitely going to have to do a podcast (laughs) episode with someone else who is a parent that can relate to the situation because i think there's a lot of Mm -hmm. people who are young adults or single parents who could definitely relate to that on the next episode so I think it would be smart. And the right. only advice I really have is every day that the sun rises is a new day to make today a better day. And right, that's that's good. my that's good. that's what I've been right trying path. to do. I'm proud of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, anybody in regards to you know just parents or non-parents, someone's someone that is thinking about what it what it would be like to to to, to have kids and be a parent. Um, if somebody wants to talk about that as well, yes. I'm not, well, you know, I'd love to talk about it. Um, honestly, the only thing that I would say that you're going to need if, if you, if you decide to have children is have someone that has had children before yeah. kind of give you the ropes of what, what they prefer and the things that you would need to buy and able to fully take care of them and, and basically just have like a helpline. Um, other than that, yeah. it's really not that scary really not it's and one one thing also just so that you're ready for it learn how to give you know <laughs> give your baby the heimlich yeah. if, if they need it if they choke on something like that that's about as bad as it'll get ever like you can clean up messes you can take care you can take care of poop that you that you wiped on your finger like poop <laughs> is not as scary as people think it is too when it comes to children it's really not that bad there's some men that literally will gag at the smell on the side of, of, of feces. But for me, it, it's, it's been, it's been a breeze for, <laughs> you know, bad terminology, but it literally has been a breeze. Like I, I really don't, I could care. I could give two shits whether <laughs> the, the punniness is on a next level right now, but um, I literally could care less about about changing right. a dirty diaper whether it was my own kid or not like i, I i'm so in tune with taking care of my uh, taking care of children in general because i i now have a heart for how innocent oh. and how precious children are so it's just i don't know it's it's a whole nother world but if we want to yeah. do an episode on that, well, that i'm more than happy to episode. indulge in that as well into that next episode so but so i think yeah, we're I at think our so. hour mark so, so we should probably start to wrap it up and say our closing mm-hmm. and 
again, if anybody wants to join us, we'd be more than happy to that have works. guests on here, and we'd love to have mm-hmm. some more ideas if you have something that we haven't thought of. Mm-hmm. Just. Yep, absolutely. And just to remind everyone, this is a safe space. It really is for anyone to speak on abstract, controversial, and intriguing topics. We are Deep Thought Therapy, and we want others to be invited as guests on this podcast. It doesn't even have to be you know, concerning to parenting. Please just message us and let us know what your topic is, and we will do our best to make time for you. So I'm Tiffany. Um, I am Jonathan. This is Deep Thought Thank Therapy. Thank you for watching. Bye. We'll talk to you guys later. We're here today to create a safe space for anyone to speak on abstract, controversial, and intriguing topics. I'm Tiffany. I'm Jonathan. And we We are are Deep Deep Thought Thought Therapy. Therapy.